Good morning. morning. Welcome. Welcome to Mystic Heart. It's wonderful to see so many new faces and familiar faces. I invite you now to get in touch with your own stillness, your own divine inner presence. Take a deep breath. Breathe it in. Feel it and let it go. Gently lay aside whatever tensions you might be feeling as you breathe. You exhale and let that tension melt to the ground. You're feeling comfortably supported in your chair. You're feeling anchored and rooted. And take a couple of more deep breaths and start to feel that stillness within you. Let my words speak for you. There is only one source. There's only one light. There's only one presence, one substance, out of which all things arise. I know that each and every one of us is a divine point of light in this web of consciousness, always being guided, protected, loved, and taken care of. As this presence is flowing through us, within us, and out of us, our minds become open our eyes become open, and our ears become open. Our hearts soften with this presence, and we become receptive to the inspired words by Reverend Diana today. And I trust and know with great confidence that we will hear what it is we need to hear in order to have a more peaceful, loving, contented life. And I breathe that in with confidence and I lovingly place that in the creative process of love and law. And I know it is done for each one of us. And so it is. Amen. Thank you so much, Chris, for creating such an open and loving space. I'd like to welcome Chris Netto as Mystic's Heart, Mystic Heart's first new intern practitioner. It's her first morning with us as intern. And welcome to each one of you today. We're celebrating uh, the last week of every month this, this year. We're going to try this new thing of celebrating all of the birthdays from the whole month. And so being this is a meditative sort of a service, I'd like you to just, if you have a birthday this month, just put your hand up and go ahead and look around. And we, we honor you. We're glad you're here with us. We have so many this month. We probably have many every month. So we're going to find that out. So thank you all for being here today. <laughs> 
We have a, we'll do that in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more rousing service. So we have a cake and a special brunch next door after the Conscious Conversations. And if you want to stay, you're welcome to join us. So we begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices, deepening our intimate connection with spirit.
meditative journey this morning with eyes closed if you're comfortable or gaze turned downward to keep out the distraction taking a slow deep breath in and letting it go relaxing deeper into your chair Is there anything that you wish to leave at the door this morning? And if there is, just allow it to remove itself from you for the time and let it drift right out the door. Is there any intention that you wish to bring into our time together? Take another slow, deep breath in. And let your shoulders relax as you release. Breathing in. Noticing the space or the still point between the in-breath and the out-breath. And letting go. Let your jaw drop your face relax on the next breath in calling in goodness and then releasing it back into the world calling in unconditional love and sending it back out calling in light, allowing it to fill you, and then keeping that light within even as you let it spill over and be offered back out into the world. Feeling the light within you growing to fill your entire body and then spilling out all around you. And noticing that as your light fills this space, it is enmeshed with the light of other beings. It is one light. And now expanding our awareness, we sense that same light shining in and from every human being everywhere out beyond these walls, beyond our city, our county, our state, our country. All people everywhere shining with one light. 
And as we fine-tune our awareness, we begin to notice that every creature is radiating that same light. That every plant, every rock and grain of sand is part of the radiance. The soil and the water, the clouds and the heavenly bodies all joined, all part of one light, one life. Feeling our connection, we acknowledge our personal responsibility as caretakers in sacred service to one another, to all life forms, and to the sacred Mother Earth. Grounded in our oneness, we consciously sense and feel what it means to be rooted step by step. We have spent this month exploring tools for awakening peace in our bodies, our minds, our speech, and our hearts. Together we have practiced freeing ourselves from the past, and making peace with the future. And we've considered what it means to be at peace with the world, walking as peace in the world, all for the purpose of rooting ourselves in the presence. And in preparation for the journey ahead, what is the journey? the journey of life, which is a journey of transformation by its very nature. Beginning here and now, today, whomever we are, wherever we've been, whatever we've done, we have the chance to begin again. To journey without being changed is to be a nomad. To change without journeying is to be a chameleon. To journey and be transformed by the journey is to be a pilgrim. The sacred scriptures of the world are filled with stories about pilgrimage about journeys of transformation. In the Hindu text, the Bhagavad Gita, Prince Arjuna makes a journey to self-knowledge and self-acceptance. In the sutras and other Buddhist Hindu texts, Prince Gautama makes his journey to enlightenment. And the Hebrew and Christian scriptures are filled with journeys. Adam and Eve are sent forth from the Garden of Eden into the world. Abraham and Sarah are called away from their homeland. Moses and Miriam lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. 
Mary and Joseph seek a place to give birth. The prodigal son leaves home and returns. And Jesus makes his final journey to Jerusalem accompanied by his disciples. No matter which tradition we look at, these stories have mysteries to explore and truth to be discovered. And each is a story of transformation, a pilgrimage. <clears throat> the Latin root of pilgrimage means strange or stranger. Making a pilgrimage means becoming a stranger in the service of transformation. It is an intentional journey into not knowing and discomfort for the sake of stripping away preconceived notions and expectations so that we can begin again without the limitations of the past. Poet John O'Donohue writes that ideally a human life should be a constant pilgrimage of discovery. The most exciting discoveries happen at the frontiers. When you come to know something new, you come closer to yourself and to the world. Discovery enlarges and refines your sensibility. When you discover something, you transfigure some of the forsakenness of the world. And so with every discovery comes new possibilities. Pilgrimage is an outer journey that serves our inner transformation. It is an archetype, meaning the journey is a metaphor or symbol for the spiritual life that is found throughout the world's traditions. Pilgrimage calls us to pay attention to the divine promptings of our hearts to the spirit moving through our lives. It calls us to deep listening and patience, to looking for the gifts that arise from discomfort, and to being willing to reach out to our own wilder edges to explore new frontiers. No doubt we will encounter shadows, dark times, and places where we will need to lean into the faith that there is a greater good at work. But as I take a breath and surrender to something bigger than myself, the darkness is transformed into wisdom and grace. Let's pause a moment and reflect. 
What journey are you on during this season of your life? Which aspects of yourself or your life are calling for transformation? Some journeys that we make in life are welcome. And sometimes life forces us into journeys that we would rather not take. One way or the other, we are each called many times over the course of a lifetime. How will we answer, yes or no? We are brought into the world with what many indigenous cultures call original medicine. This means that we are unique creations. We've never been in the past and won't be in the future. No one carries the same combination of gifts, talents, resources, opportunities, and challenges. This unique alchemy is our original medicine. These carry our power to act in the world. They enable us to explore, discover, express, and heal. Our original medicine emerges from our true self. This is the journey of a lifetime. Rooted in spirit, we must take this journey step by step. There are no shortcuts. We must let go of whatever is false in our lives and throw out whatever is keeping us from offering our gifts to the world. And we must remember that what we seek is already within us. Our true self, our inner wisdom, our divine light can never be apart from us. Closer is he than breathing and nearer than hands and feet.
The Tao Te Ching tells us that a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, followed by another step, and another, each footstep carrying us ever farther along our path. We keep moving forward. The first stride is our point of choice, our commitment to the pilgrimage. We may say we are committed to our path, but until we respond to that choice by taking action, we are still undecided. The beginning of a journey is usually marked by excitement. That excitement may show up as enthusiasm and great expectations, or it may appear as anxiety, apprehension, or even fear. Either way, the initial emotions eventually give way to the routine sequence of putting one foot in front of the other. We may wonder what we will find along the way. We may wonder how long it will take. Committed to the journey, we simply keep going. Our inner child may call us from the back seat. Are we there yet? But there is no there. The spiritual path has no final destination. But there are many gifts and blessings along the way. Growth and wisdom, understanding and compassion. Fellow travelers to help us. Mentors and allies and challenges along the way. As we share these moments in sacred silence, let us review our spiritual journeys thus far. Who are our companions? What blessings have we already received? And what is my next step?
bring our consciousness, our awareness back to this time, into this place, remain, retaining the inspiration we have received in our contemplation, grateful for the short glimpse at the map for our pilgrimage, and grateful for our fellow travelers, for our mutual support and love, thankful for this beloved community that travels the path with us and for the divine wisdom that guides and guards us. An African proverb teaches, if you want to travel quickly, go alone. If you want to travel far, go together. We are on a long journey. Look how far we've come already. Our time together this morning has been a moment of rest and renewal on our journey an opportunity to gather provisions and rekindle our enthusiasm for the next leg of our journey. As Reverend Diana continues her message this morning, we listen with open minds, with willing hearts, becoming ever more firmly rooted step by step. This journey to come home to our true self can be challenging. It can come uninvited, the result of a great loss in our lives. We may have lost a job, a home, a loved one, or our sense of identity. We may have become ill experienced the loss of financial security or gone through divorce. Or it can come as a natural stage of life, leaving home for the first time, going off to college, or exploring the world, having children, moving into retirement. Either way, unexpected or part of life's cycles, we know that there is no turning back. The way is closed. This is the call to which we must respond. A no means numbing out, living in denial of this change that is happening. Yes means acknowledging that even our most challenging or sorrowful moments can lead us to renewed vision, to a new way of being and living. <laughs> it's all about the journey. It is. Apparently, Bacelli Lane is part of the journey this morning. Yes means acknowledging that even our most challenging and sorrowful moments can lead us to renewed vision, to a new way of being and living. And they will when we stay rooted step by step. And so this morning we are reminded that there is one source, one 
living universal presence. And that this one is forever expressing itself as all of creation, which does include each one of us. Each one a perfect and intentional expression of divine wisdom and deepest knowing. Each one fully equipped for this journey. And so I know that as we move into our week this week, that we are renewed, we are refreshed. We are guided to know what the next steps are to be. And I know that each of us is filled with a willingness to take those steps. Knowing that we have the love and support of community makes the journey an easier path. And so I give thanks for each and every person in my life. I know for each one of us that we are encircled by loving friends and family to support us. So with deep gratitude, I release this prayer knowing that it does its work. It's done its work. And I can step with great faith into the days ahead. And so it is. We are weaving our lives. We are weaving our hearts and our minds. We are weaving the bright and dark threads of our journeys through. We are weaving our lives. We blanket of light we are weaving a basket to hold all that's true we are weaving our lives we are weaving our hearts and our minds we are weaving the bright and dark Thank you.
to come back into this space with our awareness, maybe gently opening the eyes, opening the hearts and the minds, and looking around at who is here celebrating with us this morning. This is your spiritual family, one of your support systems, some of the people who care about you, who are there for you when you need something. So this from the composer of that beautiful song. She says, how is this song creating the world we want? It speaks to our interconnectedness, how we are all related. It speaks to the bright and dark threads of our life's journeys, which are all a valuable part of the weaving all the parts of each person's life experiences join together to hold us in a blanket of light, a basket to hold all that's true. <coughs> this is the kind of world community and recognition of our interconnectedness that I want in our world and what I believe it is vital that we find if we are to find a sustainable future to co-inhabit together. So as we close our Teze this morning, we offer an opportunity for you to share of your financial good, should you choose to, in support of the work that we're doing in the world. If you're joining us online, you can find a donate button at mysticheart.org, or you can find our address. And um, we're blessed this morning to have Gary French joining us for music. So during the offering, we're going to play a song by... Uh, J.D. Martin and Company. It's called All is Well. And you might recognize it from a quote from Julian of Norwich and the 23rd Psalm.
walking beside the still waters, fresh as the breeze at dawn. The voice of my ancestors whispering, giving me the strength to carry on. All shall be well, all shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. All shall be well. All shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. Surely goodness and mercy will follow. Standing right here right now, <coughs> drenched in this beautiful energy, I say thank you. Thank you for the gifts that each one brings, both time, talent, energy, and funds. Thank you for sharing your, your wealth with us and helping us to go further out with our message in the world and our work in the world. I just want to say thank you for each and every one, for everything and for showing up. And so I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so, and so it, it is. is. Amen. Amen. You're right, I usually do do that blessing, don't I? <laughs> you gotta pay attention when you're here with me. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll sing our closing. Feel free to join in. And um, if you're staying for the conversations today, there's coffee next door for the in-between times. And we'll see you back at 10.30. And if not, have a beautiful Sunday. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your
path be strewn with happiness May success find you everywhere May you always embrace compassion and grace And may God always answer your prayer May you always embrace compassion and grace And may God always answer your prayer Thank you. If you are leaving also, you may want to know next week Anton Miserac and Laura Berryhill will be here doing our music. Just you don't want to miss that. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning to anyone in the Zoom room and on Facebook. And next door. <laughs> and next door. Yeah, we're, some of us are still getting coffee. <laughs> Thank you. And so... Go ahead. So, <laughs> please let my words speak for you. I take a deep breath in. And I release. Breathing in love. Breathing out peace. And amidst the joy and laughter of the morning, bringing myself into this one perfect moment, letting go of anything that has come before and anything that will be coming after. I open my heart. I open my mind. I open my soul. And I allow the joy and the love and the peace of the day to flow through me and outwards to each and every one that I touch as I know that each one today will receive exactly that one little tidbit they need physically, mentally, spiritually and so I prepare myself to listen as Reverend Diana leads us in conscious conversation and I just say thank you Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. All right. You know the routine. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, my name, if you're joining us for the first time online, is Reverend Diana Johnson. And I'm the pastor and spiritual director of Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. So we welcome you home this morning. Home to our community and to your own 
heart's wisdom. We're going to begin joining in song, a little more upbeat today. And then we have a little different format surprise in store. It'll be fun.
And if you, you want to stay standing or you want to reach your hands up or in some other way, keep your body activated and involved. <sighs> Today we are celebrating some of our members and friends who have birthdays. So if you have one this month, all month, put your hand in the air. We have a few. Ellie just left. We had Cherie. We have Barbara Weedan next door. So happy birthday, y'all. We're going to have a, a Kathy and Michael and, yeah, whole bunches. So we have a beautiful cake, thanks to Kathy, for everybody and a nice brunch. So feel free to stay and celebrate with us today when we're all done. So I got myself lost. There we are. So we're going to take a minute to feel that presence, that presence in the body. Feel the vibration, feel the warmth, the tingling, the just whatever it is for you, the life energy moving through your body, the love energy filling you up, hands and arms coming alive and energy coming up through the feet and everything just kind of moving toward the heart center. And just feeling that presence. Embodying the divine connection that each one of us has. And together in this activated, engaged state, we feel the power of creation moving through as together we hold our vision of a love-soaked world where all humans are embodying and living from peace and joy, from generosity and abundance, from freedom, from justice. These are all the living principles by which we live, by which all humans live and practice. A world in which loving kindness is the norm, compassion is just how we are together. A world where honoring and caring for one another is just a way of being caring for our beautiful planet. It's automatic. There is no other way. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the comfort and safety of home, where all beings have medical care education and healthy relationships and right livelihood, creative contribution and a sense of deep, deep belonging. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light. Where the peace we cultivate within each one of us shows up as a world free of hatred and violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there is abundance in having enough, where every being deserves and receives all that is necessary for a full and contented life. In this new world of our creation, every person is a caring and conscious vessel through which goodness flows in every moment. 
And by the power of our collective intention, we create a new template, a new way of living on the earth. We will not lower our vision, no matter the appearances, knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but it is inevitable. We align our actions to support and nurture its graceful unfolding with complete and joyful expectancy that it is moving into form and experience right here and right now. We give thanks that it is so. We let it be so. And together we say, and, and so, so it is. is. Amen. Ah, take a nice deep breath and let it all go. Feels so good. So look around and see who's here sharing our time together today, our space. Honoring each one. I'm going to set just a short amount of context for our conscious conversation. And then I mentioned that we're going to be doing things a little bit differently today. We're going to start out with some context and some practice. And then based on the practice, we'll have a conversation. So we're kind of flipping it upside down today. Our theme this month, all month, has been rooted, rooted in spirit. And in order to stay rooted or grounded, all month long we've been exploring practices to help us maintain peace in the body and in the mind, to bring peace to our speech and to our hearts, to make peace with the past and the future. And then we looked at a practice of uh, loving kindness, creating loving kindness and compassion, and empathetic joy and equanimity and humility and generosity and gratitude. So how do we live in a way that all of that is fully present and alive in us? So if you're interested in trying out any of those practices, they're all online. You can check out the Teze services. That's primarily where we did those. But during the Teze this morning, we talked about life as a journey of transformation or a pilgrimage, which is the theme for next month. So I'm doing a pivot for next month right now. We said that no matter who we are or where we've been, Whatever we've done, whatever's happened in our lives, in every moment we have the chance to begin again. So would you agree with that? You think every moment's a new chance? So we talked about how some journeys we make in life are welcome and how some journeys we make in life are not so welcome. That no matter whether we choose consciously to make a journey or whether it sort of shows up in its own challenging way, perhaps, that every journey brings growth and every journey brings change. And it's ultimately working for good. And that we can experience that good if we are open and cooperative with the journey. It can be challenging sometimes. Finally, we spent a little time contemplating what journey are you on in this season of your life? What is the journey that you're making at this time? 
And what aspects of yourself or your life are calling for transformation? So this morning I'm going to start with a practice designed to inform your journey a little bit. It's actually based on an ancient Hebrew practice called Midrash. I'm going to do Midrash together this morning. So here's how it works. I'm going to read you a short passage from a familiar creation myth, be from Genesis 3. And after listening to the passage, you're invited to use your imagination to enter the story. So let this become not a distant mythical account, but a story meant to uh, come alive for you. Let yourself enter the scene with all of your senses engaged. What do you see? What do you taste? What do you smell? What do you feel? What are you hearing? Let yourself become one of the characters in the story. Maybe a human character, maybe an animal, maybe a plant, maybe the wind. And as that character, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? This doesn't require any skill. You don't have to be a writer to do this, even though there is a notepad and a pen if you are someone who would like to give your story to the paper. It's not about an end product or creating some particular thing. We're looking for what the story has to reveal to you. So pay attention to what part of the story stirs the most curiosity or energy for you. Let the process surprise you and take you places. Places maybe that you didn't expect. Are you game? You want to play with me today? <laughs> okay. So there is a notepad under every chair, and uh, feel free to write down anything that comes. After about five minutes of contemplation and, and journaling or whatever, however you want to process it, we'll pause for another brief reflection and then some conscious conversation. Are you ready? Yes. Sure. Okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> From Genesis 3 of the Hebrew Scripture. And remember, this is a myth. Okay, it's a myth. I'm going to come in and skip parts. You'll see. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. At this point, God comes back and finds them, sees what they have done. When reprimanded, Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the serpent, and God curses each of them. <laughs> Skipping ahead for the sake of time, and at the end of the chapter, it says, So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So I invite you now to go ahead, enter the story. Which character, which perspective speaks to you? And where will it go?
So take just one more moment. Think about what might have come in terms of which character, which part of the story drew your attention or came back. And consider what might that say about your journey at this time. Does it have anything to offer you on your own journey? some conversation and sharing, if you're willing. So what part of that story came back when you sat with it? What character did you enter? <coughs> what, what? What came up, if anything? The serpent uh, came to me. The serpent? The serpent. Okay. desire to have knowledge, mm. to understand, okay. and to, I guess, what I felt like, create the self-reflective being through that knowledge. Okay. The desire for knowledge and understanding. All right. Step into a conscious place of self-reflection and action-based yeah. on that. All right. Thank you. The and word. That, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Where that comes to me is blame. Like uh, blame. Like it feels like that was the fruit. Uh huh. <laughs> it's blame. <laughs> everybody started blaming each other, and they they had this illusion of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. You're evil. I'm good. <laughs> uh huh. Right. <laughs> None of us knows about that, right? No. <laughs> So, blame. Go ahead. Well, for me, it was Eve. Okay. What about uh, Eve? The loss of the innocence and that journey towards finding that that doesn't have to end your life. Oh, okay. So, you, and I would imagine the journey for her was filled with a lot of things like Adam was probably still blaming her for everything. <laughs> but it's kind of like that journey and finding that you can be happy. Okay. And completely fulfilled, no matter where you are right now. All right. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, April. <clears throat> All other personal thoughts and feelings aside, just what you said. The first thing I thought was something pretty funny, I thought, but then I went with it. So you said, okay, place the homies on the east, the stop them and the sword going back and forth. So I thought, if it was just moving back and forth, couldn't we time it and jump back in? <laughs> they were set up only on the east. Why didn't they just climb over in the west? It was just, <laughs> you know, I was like, and then I thought, you know what? I might try that at first. <laughs> but then, clearly this was not the situation for me if I'm outside now and I can't get back in. Why would I spend any more energy trying 
who cares? I would, uh, now I'm just going to walk away and go on with my life and find <coughs> a new journey and go wherever I'm going after that point and move on and leave that behind because, mm. you know, clearly it was set up to fail anyway, so why do I want to keep right. going back in there? <laughs> But I thought maybe I could throw rocks to see if they would get past the sword. Maybe it's <laughs> but if that's not a thing and that's done, then it's done. Why dwell on it anymore? I go. Uh, obviously, there's more in the world if they went out there. So let's go see what it is. That's where I went. All right. So there's a life lesson, right? I, I set up a whole obstacle thing. Yeah. Back in. It's not worth it. But we do that. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. we? Yeah. Over and over and over and over. Go back, go back, go back. Mm -hmm. eh. That's awesome. John? So I was the cherubim. <laughs> I had the sword. I was immediately thinking like, this is not my usual role. Why are you putting me here, God? I, I don't understand the, what I have to guard. You, you already let the cat out of the bag, you know? <laughs> the two people that you were wanting to keep from getting into it got into it. And uh, so why am I here? Why am I here? Um, to keep them from coming back? Why? They already got the fruit. Um, <laughs> they, um, so it was a... And, and this is my, my usual role as a cherubim is to sow peace and happiness and joy. So this is a really new role for me. And I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> I, um, so I, uh, I'm not sure what to do. I mean, it could have been if someone like April came back at me. I just go, go on! <laughs> in the role of Adam and he saw that apple and he was hungry <laughs> and let his hunger override his brain oh. hunger. in other words he, he let his stomach <laughs> take control <laughs> and affects modern day people <laughs> trying to avoid french fries <laughs> <laughs> Or any of the sense pleasures, right? Yeah. That we let override our our higher knowledge. I, I know. I'm trying to go back and forth. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I just uh, I, I got hooked into the, the blame game at the end there, too. Um, but it reminded me of uh, um, when, you know, how, how might the story have turned out differently if everyone had owned their own behavior? <laughs> might, might dad have not grounded them quite so long. <laughs> uh, and I used to tell my kids at school that, you know, if, if you take responsibility for things that, that you do wrong, then you get to take credit for the things that you do right. Mm -hmm. But it's the responsibility of the, the two-edged sword. You know, it, uh, it, it cuts both ways. So, uh, but what, you know, it just it kind of, kind of shows the nature of humankind that, I mean, we're still blaming each other instead of trying mm -hmm. to fix the situation. You know, mm -hmm. so, um, but when we blame others, that turns us into victims, mm -hmm. right. and life is hard. Yeah. 
you know, so I think that's a description of all the work and toil and sweat of the brow and, you know, getting birth in pain and all that stuff. That has to do with how hard life is when you don't take responsibility for your behavior. Mm. Thank you. I think of, um, I actually think of the cherubim as a blessing. Uh-huh. Um, I think a lot of elements in the story, if you look closely enough, are God uh, blessing our decisions, mm -hmm. our choices. So um, you see that Adam and Eve um, noticed that they were naked and they tried to make clothing. But in that, in that same story, God says, no, I'll make clothes for you. Mm -hmm. you know, I know you know that you think you're naked, and I'm going to bless your choice that you that right. you're ashamed of being naked. <clears throat> In the same way that their choice of wanting to basically separate themselves from God, mm -hmm. he said, "I'm going to honor that, and I'm going to make it so that you can't come back." Because I know that you, when you come back in that way, that right. you will be that you actually will be tortured. You won't like it. Right. So. So I will put this here so you can't come back. Symbolic, mm -hmm. of course, but uh, you, you can't come back in that way. Right. I will make another way. Mm -hmm. All right. Beautiful. It brings me to um, studying some of Ernest Holmes' new thought traditions, and the way they would say that is that the universe always says yes. There's a blessing on our decision, on our choice. Whatever we choose, the universe says yes and sends us on our way with that choice to experience all of all that comes with that choice. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, Lori. I was um, thinking of the serpent and his role and the serpent's role and tempting Adam and even what his thoughts were about why what was the point, you know, God had set forth this this rule, right? This this thing that they were mm -hmm. supposed to follow and yet the serpent came through and tempted them and, and tried to push it along and and I I know and God is everything right so I mean is right. he not the serpent too mm -hmm. I mean is he not both and what was the rule you know this this just very decisive thing do not eat from that tree or do not uh -huh. touch it you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> And I want to use those rules sometimes as a parent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I work parents using those rules sometimes as a parent. And I just, I, you know, we all want to like hold back, but I guess there was this like this balance of of, of God offering that choice. Right. It was really being offered. Yeah. It was something they didn't necessarily, obviously they needed to be prompted, you know, they're like, oh, well, God said it, I'm not going to do it, you know, like, they just didn't for so long. Uh-huh. But, when we know that there's more <laughs> to experience and more to enjoy of life, I mean, right. why don't, why don't we reach for that, you know? Right. And I think the snake was there to, to prompt them along in that journey. Uh-huh. And it wasn't about they're not, they're not being allowed. Right. It was about them trying to take that action for themselves, and they didn't. Uh huh. So the snake prompted it. God prompted it, mm -hmm. and off they went. Off they went. Off they weren't going on their own. No. <laughs> pretty pretty comfortable. We get that way too, huh? It's pretty comfortable in our yeah. wherever we are, whatever we're doing. 
sometimes we need that serpent to say, boop, <laughs> go. <laughs> Anybody else want to share anything? That's just an interesting parallel with the uh, mama bird kicking the fledglings out of the nest so they <laughs> yeah. can fly. Right. What, I, what I'm feeling is like uh, they had no incarnate knowledge of separation right. up until that point. Mm -hmm. and like, uh, to me, creation itself was God separating himself into infinite particles mm -hmm. to come back together. And so it's something that they wanted to experience out of that separation. Uh -huh. And uh, so, you know, so that they could have the the big, you know, makeup sex in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, until you're perceiving yourself as separate, there's no journey home, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Plus, I thought about, in the story, he goes to her, not to him. Right? Mm -hmm. She was probably the more open-minded for change. <laughs> <laughs> And plus, she was the only woman in there in the story with this dude. And we all know what it's like to not eat the thing your woman gives you. If you want to keep her happy, she's the only woman in there. So, like, clearly that was the way to get the thing down the, you know, to get that, to get that action down the, down the row and, and get things started. But, like, I thought, if you're just in there and everything's so easy and so comfortable, there's there's not really going to be any challenges to overcome, to grow, right? To, to get to any other place. That's just simply how life is. There's going to be no growth, no journey, right? Just there, and you know, I think that the experience and the growth in life is pretty much part of the purpose of the thing. Mm -hmm. All right. What if the garden's like the, the first womb, you know? The first womb. It's the, the safe garden. space for the creation yeah. of the two first species. Yeah. Or so first species. Yeah, first came first. Yeah, first came first. Right. Anything else that wants to be spoken before we wrap up? This is um, really cool. Thank mm -hmm. you for mm -hmm. playing with me today. Yeah came through my meditation, I went, no, you're not really going to do that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> so thank you. So let's go ahead and, and wrap up. I'm going to bring us together in gratitude for this time that we've shared together today. Gratitude for many things today. Gratitude for the opportunity to celebrate birthdays with family opportunity to play music with Gary today, the opportunity to have food together when we're done, all of these things. So grateful to know that there is one living, loving, lawful presence expressing in every moment as all that is, all of creation. Thank you, Spirit, for life unfolding in divine order and perfect timing always, no matter what my brain sometimes wants to think. <laughs> so grateful to trust and know that each of us is a perfect expression of that divinity. We're here on purpose. We're unique. We each have a unique journey to make and a unique gift to offer. 
It's so good to know that as I bring my awareness back to source, rooting myself again and again in the truth of who I am, I walk ever closer to my personal version of God, my personal relationship with that source. Knowing that all paths are equal and all paths are perfect and lead each of us home to the heart of love, to the heart of God. Thank you, Spirit, for this beautiful morning and for each person that is listening today. So grateful for the precious time we spend together in communion and in celebration together each week. And so grounded in living universal presence. Thankful for the many blessings of this and every day. I release this prayer knowing that it creates a space for us to move step by step into the next phase of whatever life brings. And so I accept, I receive, I embody. As together we say, and so it is. Amen. And I'm going to invite Gary up. We're featuring Mr. Gary French today. He's bringing us some beautiful songs that otherwise unknown to us. This is called Calling Out Your Name. This is a song about God's involvement, uh, expression, and creation. We hope you enjoy it. Well, the moon moved past Nebraska and spilled laughter on them cold Dakota hills. Angels danced on Jacob's stairs. Yeah, they danced on Jacob's stairs. There is a silence in the Badlands and over Kansas the whole universe was still. By the whisper of a prayer whisper of a prayer then a single hawk burst into flight and in the east the whole horizon is in flame i feel the thunder in the sky see the sky about to rain and i hear the prairies calling out your name i can feel the earth tremble beneath the rumbling of the buffalo Fury in the pheasant's wings. There's fury in the pheasant's wings. And it tells me the Lord is in his temple. And there's still a faith that can make the mountains move. And a love that can make the heavens ring. I've seen love make heaven ring. Where the sacred rivers meet beneath the shadow of the keeper of the plains. I feel the thunder in the sky, see the sky about to rain, and I hear the prairies calling out your name.
times forever till you see time may never know what time may never know how the Lord takes by its corners this old world and shakes us forward and shakes us free to run wild with the hope to run wild with the hope the hope that this thirst will not last long that it will soon drown in a song not sung in vain I feel the thunder in the sky, sun sky about to rain, and I hear the prairies calling out your name. And I know this thirst will not last long, that it will soon down to a song not sung in vain. I feel the thunder in the sky, sun sky about to rain, and with the prairies I am calling out your name. Every Sunday, we invite you to take this time with us and share of your financial good, should you choose to do so. Um, as we move into this time of offering, um, I just say thank you in advance for all of the gifts of time, talent, financial donation, love, uh, participation, engagement, everything that you bring to Mystic Heart. If you're online with us, you can go to mysticheart.org to find a donate button or our mailing address. And we have a gracious giving program as well for those of you who wish to commit to some monthly contribution in uh, service to our growth. So as we move into this time, um, I invite you to hold these words on the screen close to your heart and know how much we appreciate your gifts. As I, I awaken to the God, God within me and, and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely and in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. So it is. So we feature... Chris Johnson on our offertory song today and feel free if you recognize it or if it gets to be where you recognize it, sing along.
It'll happen in its own sweet time. You can't rush a thing this sublime. And all your worries ain't worth a dime. It'll happen in its own sweet time. Everywhere I go, people try to tell me that it's dog eat dog out there. It's a rat race, get while they get in school. But rats don't race, dogs don't eat dogs, and the world has plenty to share. And we can make it happen if we just would. It'll happen in its own sweet time. You can't rush a thing this sublime, don't you know? All your worries ain't worth a dime, but it'll happen in its own sweet time. It'll happen in its own sweet time. I bet my part, one, two, three, four, I have my heart, it just says sorry. Nothing's gonna change till you do your part. Listen for spirit, soon you will hear it say. Such a thing is sublime. All your worries ain't worth a dime. Cause it'll happen in its own sweet time. It'll happen in its own sweet time. You can't rush a thing this sublime. Don't you know? All your worries ain't worth a dime. Cause it'll happen in its own sweet time. It'll happen in its own sweet time. You can't rush a thing this sublime. All your worries ain't worth a dime Cause it'll happen in its own sweet time. I lost the bridge. Where's that confounded bridge? It really is my turn this time. It is your turn this time. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. <laughs> Standing in this moment, I think of all of the things that we do at Mystic Heart and the ways we go out into the community, such as picking up food to take to the mission. And so I stand in deep gratitude for each and every person's contribution. Going out and picking up bread, or in the summertime also picking up stuff from the farmer's market. Angela's 12 days of giving. April's. April's, I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's my mind. And so I just, I'm deeply grateful for the gifts of each and every one. And so standing right here right now, I say thank you for the gifts of joy and love, for the financial gifts, and the gifts that each one gives behind the scenes as well. And so I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. Now, with your generous love donations for lunch, 
we have been able to sponsor a fourth acre for land regeneration. Please enjoy a quick video from Farmer's Footprint, Farmer's Montage for 2023. Thank you. Humanity's desire for convenience is pushing the food system to where it is. Getting the masses switched from conventional ag to regenerative ag, it's, it's a paradigm shift and it's, it's got to start with a change of the mindset. I'm trying to mimic nature. I'm trying to mimic how a forest grows, how a jungle grows. There's many species. So we as farmers should try to emulate that. We can really see the, the patterns of nature and the patterns of life and really drown ourselves in that and use that as our primary decision-making tools and make it a communication between the humans and the land. My intention with the work that I do is to be able to demonstrate and model alternative regenerative agricultural systems. Regenerative agriculture to me is about regenerating communities, earthworm communities, soil community, rural communities, urban communities. All in farms wouldn't be all in farms without the people who support us. We belong to a community. Yo me preguntaba qué tipo de agricultura era agricultura orgánica. Me di cuenta que era la misma agricultura que que mis antepasados habían estado haciendo en México. I was born in the Congo. Everything we ate, we grew them ourselves. It's part of my culture. It's my blood. I have the privilege to steward land that has been passed down to my family who's used the land during a time where it was really dangerous for black people to own land. The blood of my ancestors is inside of soil that I'm working with daily. I feel like they're guiding me each time I come out here and I'm out here working and when I'm touching the ground and I'm changing something in this universe, in this lifetime, in my life. We've totally disconnected our touching of the soil and our connection with those frequencies and those energies. We get the soil right, we change all of society. Because when everyone starts touching the soil again, soil is a healer. I focus on not tilling the soil and not using any chemicals or pesticides to promote soil health. I farm because it's the greatest job on earth. I've been blessed with stewarding a little piece of creation. It is my job to make sure it's cared for and, and in better shape and I'll leave it. This is stuff growth from small seeds to grow and become huge. I see the miracle every day in the farm. You know, you're really just opening your heart to the world by farming. If you're not a farmer or a plant grower, fine. Just support your local farmers.
beautiful Sunday. If you're here with us, feel free to join us for brunch.